this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. I know that a lot of you weren't in here. You can turn the lights up just a little bit. We're going to have a conversation this morning, but um, some of you weren't in here this morning, and I just want to express from the pulpit and from up here, uh, happy Father's Day to each of you. Um, In a world where fathers are brought low, masculinity is brought low, the attack is on fatherhood. I just want to say happy Father's Day, and would you celebrate them this morning? You may be seated. I, you know, whenever I'm on vacation, I like to visit different places, and, uh, and so not just places of fun, but churches of fun. How about we put it that way? And I got to visit this church on the last Sunday morning, and uh, different denomination, full of fire and vigor, and woo, it was fun. And, uh, and we just had a blast just worshiping the Lord. And the pastor was doing tent revivals the week before, so he came in, he was, he was ready to go, and he said, you know, I love it when the Holy Spirit comes on me, and I get to just run around and do what the Lord's calling me to do. But what I love more is that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And whenever he did that, the place just erupted. People ran all over the place. It was, it was just so much fun. And, uh, and I just said to the Lord, I said, you know what? I, I desire in this region for a people that are so excited about the Pentecost fire of God falling on them that they just can't contain themselves. And so, uh, so this whole week I've been praying that that would fall upon you and that uh, all, the, all the nice things that we like about church where we don't have to really uh, unveil our emotions um, will disappear and that we can run around and shout and scream and... Um, just uh, just fun to go get filled up, right? To go get preached to every once in a while. Good stuff. But uh, today is Father's Day. We honor our fathers. We honor our mothers, but we honor our fathers today. And it says, if you honor your parents, your life will go well upon the earth. And, uh, and I know that many of you have done that very well. And we can see that it's actually manifesting. That promise of the kingdom is manifesting in your life. And then there's other people that don't do it so well. And their life isn't going well upon the earth. And um, on vacation this week, I had a great conversation with family. How many of you know that when you talk with family, it can be touchy? Yeah, everybody knows that. And, and the situations that people keep tucked away, when you're in a private situation with family, oftentimes they keep it even locked tighter. You know, everybody gets like, I don't want to reveal that because it's family and they all know who we are. Well, one of the nights on vacation, we stayed in a a cabin up in the woods and we had 12 or 14 people, I don't remember. But anyway, a lot of people and we just sat sat around the table and just hashed out life. We just talked about life and about situations and about how do we fill each other and how do we drain each other and how do we do life together as a family but yet still be impactful to the world. And, uh, and I, one of the things that the Lord showed me through that was that the Father's love will always be available at any moment that you draw on it. Did you know that he so loves to be your father that he'll give all of his time to be with you? I've never been in a situation where I actually sat down and was going to give the Lord some time that he didn't show up. He always shows up. Now, when a human being says, I'll give you my time, there's normally a limit. Do you have a limit when you say, I'm going to come over and help you with that moving moving in your house? Yeah, and my limit's normally about three hours, and then I'm out. But there's always a time limit in humanity in which we say we've had enough. We can't do it anymore. You know, maybe that's whenever you're ministering to your family. Maybe that's when you're ministering to other people. There's like this time limit. But you know what? Our Father is so good 
that he doesn't have a time limit for us. He will give us as much time as we give him. And I was just talking with different people throughout the week and, uh, and you know, well, how much time do you spend with the Lord? Well, I do my devotions every morning and I pray and I take an hour here or 15 minutes there or whatever. And what if we just tried to go as long as we could go with the Lord because he's always going to be there? What if we just said, Lord, I'm going to give you this day and I'm just going to say, whatever you want to do with me, you can do with me. And I know you're going to be there because I'm dedicating this whole day to you. What would happen? What would happen in the country? What would happen in your family? If we just said, listen, I know you're so faithful. You're, you provide everything that I need. I'm going to give you this whole day, and I'm just going to be with you. We know through scripture, we know through experience, he's going to show up, and he'll be there all day, all 24 hours if you want. What if we actually did that? I guarantee that we would be running around the room. We would be so excited we couldn't contain ourselves because of all the truth and healing that he would bring to us. Now, you may say, Pastor Rob, 24 hours just by myself sitting in my prayer room. I'm not saying that. I'm saying give the Lord the day and do what he says to do. Jesus only did what he heard the Father, what he saw the Father do, and he only said what he heard the Father say. He wasn't the Father. He was pointing us to the Father. And he was saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He wasn't saying, I am the Father. He's saying, listen, there's an encounter that you can have if you're not just with someone, but if you're with someone. And so I want to talk a little bit this morning about fatherhood. And uh, really, there's, this is just like Mother's Day. I, I have a whole deal. The Lord gave me like a bunch of pages of notes. And then I got here this morning. And he's like, no, you're going to talk to two men. And I'm like, okay, great, whatever. Um, you know, you could hoot and holler about three points in a story. But I just believe this is what is right for this moment. And, uh, and my prayer is that you get out your notebooks right now and that the wisdom that will come from the Father through these conversations will help transform you in some way. Uh, that you won't leave here thinking that he's not going to show up for you because he will. You won't leave here not knowing the Father's love in your specific context. Did you realize that he loves you how you need to be loved? He loves you completely different than he loves your spouse. Does it mean that there's a different level of love? No, but he knows how you need to receive love and he'll, he'll attach it that way. He'll come at you that way so that you can receive him, so that you can hold on to him, and so that you can be changed. And so our prayer, my prayer this morning, and I just asked these gentlemen this morning if they would come up and chat with me, but I believe it's time to stop focusing on the pulpit and start focusing on the purpose. The purpose of the kingdom of God is for real life transformation. I can tell you in the three hours till midnight or whatever it was that we were talking around the table, there was real transformational things happening. And I only, I believe that it comes, it can come in just single conversations with the Lord. I'm not saying that it doesn't come that way. But what I do know is that iron sharpens iron. And when we talk together with other people, they expose our broken edges and they help us to be smoothed out. I remember the story of David and Goliath, and he went down to the brook and picked up five smooth stones, it says, and I underlined that in my Bible. Why were they smooth? There's not a smooth stone in the whole desert. If you've ever been out west, there's not a smooth stone anywhere. It'll cut right through the bottom of your shoe if you walk in, in flimsy flip-flops. It'll just cut you up. No, it was smooth because it was in the brook where the movement of the water brushed it up against other things and smoothed it out and all the broken edges got smoothed out and that's what I hope this morning you'll, re you'll receive as we talk about what fatherhood is and what the Lord wants us to understand about fatherhood. And so Pastor Sean, I want to welcome you up here to sit with me. If you would give him a hand as he comes up. Happy Father's Day. You've got the yellow mic, so um, I think that's the most powerful one. Um, but uh, thank you for coming and joining me. Pleasure. Now, as a father, I know we like to recline, so I'm going to recline. <laughs> so, as we talk about fatherhood and we uh, think about what does fatherhood actually mean to us, what do you see as one of the key facets of Father God as it impacts you personally? It's a big question. Uh, I think one of the things that <clears throat> truly impacts me is his uh, willingness to reveal himself to us. Mm -hmm. uh, 
that's always been my heart's desire, always been my prayer, is that he, he himself would be real to me. It's nice that he's real to so-and-so and you and you, but he has to become a reality to me first. And that's one of the things that I love about him, that he, 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 he so desires to make himself, and he's so willing to reveal his person to us. And that's one of the things that really, really means a lot to me. All throughout scripture, we see him revealing himself to certain people. And uh, those people were tangibly changed uh, after being in his presence. When is a time in your life when you've been in his presence and actually been completely changed? Uh, Of course, it's always an ongoing process. Uh, Trying to remember here. I know it's a hard question. I didn't give you the list, <laughs> but I know the answer will be amazing. Oh, uh, well, my mind immediately goes back. My, uh, <clears throat> I had a spiritual father that I watched very much so on television and. Uh, I remember one day, uh, our, I think it was our second place we lived, Sue and I lived at. Marissa was just a baby then. And, uh, and that was this really, I, I looked to this person for spiritual, my spiritual nourishment and my walk with the Lord was very different. And there's nothing wrong with that because we all need that at certain times. And I remember the Lord actually told me at that moment, he said, not audibly, but in my spirit, I just knew now it's time to have a walk of your own. Mm. Mm. And I remember and it all goes back to all he needs you to do is take the first step. That's all he asks of you. You take the first step and watch what I'll do with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's in This is days really kind of difficult for me. And I lost my spiritual father here last year. But you know the Lord is so gracious because early on when I lost my natural father, the Lord brought somebody into my life that was a spiritual father that would not take my father, my natural father's place, but have that father figure in my life. And the Lord was so, and I'll never, I, I just thank him for that because I don't, I don't care how old you are, every son needs a father. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old you are. Every son needs a father, whether that's your natural father or a spiritual father. It's because, you know what, Pastor Rob? You can get a lot of hugs and embraces from people, which is... And I just, I really pray for that for those who don't have a natural father today, that the father himself would literally wrap his arms around you and say, I love you, son, I love you, or daughter, whoever. But uh, One of the characteristics of Father God is that he is our provider, our protector, and the one who is always looking out for us. It says in scripture that he knows the number of the hairs on her head. And I had a revelation of that a few weeks ago that, yeah, I've always known that and they get less and less. So I just keep <laughs> shaving it. But, uh, but the most awesome thing is, is that if he knows the number, I look in the sink. Yeah. If he knows the number on my head, that means he's paying attention yes. every moment, yes. Yes. every moment. And, uh, and maybe our natural father couldn't do that. Um, because you know when we're when we're in the house, it, it says honor your father and mother. But yes. uh, other scriptures say obey your parents, right? Yes. 
Um, there's a difference in obeying and honoring. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the house, you obey. Yes. <laughs> when you're in the house, you obey. And if, the, if dad's paying the bill, you still have to obey, right? Exactly. Um, but then there comes, a, there comes a transition where we become needing to honor. Yes. We honor all the time, I guess, but there's a shift between obeying what dad says and honoring dad even if he doesn't know it all. Yes. Right? And what we have to do is we have to make that shift in our mind Mm -hmm. and in our heart. And not only is that an earthly shift that many people don't make, um, many people are stuck at 17 years old in emotional level because they never made that shift. They're always trying to obey somebody. So that's why they come into religion and they try to obey, obey, obey whenever they should have shifted in their life to honor. And, uh, and that being number one. Doesn't mean that you don't obey if something needs to be obeyed, but that we, we begin to honor. And so many people are stuck at 17, 18 years old emotionally because they've never made the shift with the Lord to shift to honor. And uh, so... What one of the ways that I see that happening is that we don't know how to worship. Correct. Yeah. That we because we're trying to obey someone, we don't know how to worship them. But if we honor them, we know how to worship them. Mm-hmm. And so there's a shift that has to take place in our lives in which we go from just obeying what God is saying, but to honoring him. And he is so loving that he doesn't care if you make a mistake. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't care no matter how horrible the sin is. He doesn't care. And so we honor him for that. But I guess one of the questions, I know, I know worship is huge for you. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions I have is, what shifted in your life to take you from a religious view of worship to actually encountering him in worship? I think it all goes back to the, uh, the realization that, that he's a person. Uh, you know, worship to some may be a duty or a... Uh, or just something that he demands of us or something like that. But it was when he began to, when it's an ongoing process, but when, I, when I'm beginning to learn is how much he enjoys my worship. I, I, haven't, I haven't shared this before openly, but uh, a couple, I think a couple, a couple months ago, uh, I was spending time with the Lord, and I, I just saw for a split second uh, all of heaven empty but him there, just there, just him. And I, he didn't speak audibly to me, but this is a, a, just something that I, he ministered to me. Your worship means, this is how much your worship means to me. When you worship, all I see is you. All I see is you. And I think, and I think sometimes it's in Christendom and, 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 you know, a lot of us have been in church for many, many years. And you, you begin to think, well, you know, they're worshiping. I don't, you know, what's he need my worship for? It all goes back to Proverbs where it says, he says, my son, give me your heart. That's what, and that, scriptures like that that really just really just broken me and just because you know we can there's a lot of you know, we can go through the doctrine and all the scripture references of why Jesus died but the main reason Jesus died for each and every one of you is he wants your heart mm-hmm. no one can worship no one can worship him he seeks your worship and we go back to honoring. That's one of the keys to honoring. See, our, our highest form of praise that we can give him is giving him, heart, giving him our lives back to him. And that's one of the ways that we honor him is we give, our, we give him the heart that he died for back to him. So <clears throat> as we're sitting here, the scripture, um, so I'm just going to fire it at you because I'm really curious of your answer. Um, Paul was a good father he was. to a lot of people, a lot of churches. And the church of Corinth, he goes back to, and he's really found some craziness, right, in the church. And, uh, but he talks about fathering in 1 Corinthians 4. It says, I do not write, verse 14, I do not write these things to shame you, 
But as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. He was the father. He was the, the birther of the church there. And then he says, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, some are puffed up and though I were, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills and I will know, not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and the spirit of gentleness? I think Paul gives us a picture of his desire to see correction in the church through the love and the correction of a father. Mm-hmm. Um, take a moment and, and address this part. This is really what I want to hear your perspective on. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you do not have many. A true, a true spiritual father will not, will correct you. If I, I hope that makes sense. A true spiritual father will correct you out of love. I've had this happen to me. I can, there's, can I put my heart up for, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm just, uh, <clears throat> Back in uh, Yorksville, where we, Sue and I began, and Nathaniel and Marissa, we all started there, our journey back in Yorksville, Foursquare, back in 1994. And uh, after I was there a year or so, the Lord began to use me in the ministry and things like that. And we were going along for some time, a uh, year or so. And then, uh, so my spiritual father came to me and said, I'm sitting you down for a while. You want to know how bad that hurt? You're going to sit for a while. And, uh, and that was a form of correction because I knew what he was doing. It was, it was a form of correction which I didn't agree with at the time because I was just beginning. Of course, all the, you know, all the emotions that you can imagine you would have at that moment with disappointment and hurt and anger. And, and I didn't hear an audible voice. But I did know my choice was this. You can either be angry and you can walk out of here. Honestly, I don't think I'd be here right now if I would have been angry and walked away and said, I'm done with this. Second time this happened was, uh, <clears throat> this was back in the 90s, I was at a Benny Hinn conference. And many of you know who Benny Hinn is. That's, I, he's one of my spiritual fathers in, in the faith over the years, but I went to a Benny Hinn conference in a, I was there early at one session. There was only a handful of people there and I was there early and one of the helpers came to me and said, hey, I'd like you to... Uh, the Lord has highlighted me to you. I, he, I really want you to help with the service tonight. Can you catching people and helping Pastor Benny? He said, oh, of course, you know. <laughs> you know, who wouldn't want to do that? So we began, and uh, she, of course, I was there early, like the following <clears throat> couple hours later for a training session for all the ushers and all that, and I said that was, you know, very exciting. So we had done this for, he, he, she told us to come up and help, and we did. We were all anxious, anxious and eager to do it, and after about 10 minutes, Pastor Benny got a little agitated with us. And he told us all to go sit down. That was another, that was another time in my life where the, you have many instructors, but not because I regard him as a spiritual father. Now, I don't know how you would feel when your spiritual father tells you, go sit down. You know, this happened to me twice. And, I, and the, the Lord taught me a lot through that because, because it, you know, 
you can look at this a lot of ways, but I was looking at it as how, how will you respond to correction? And this course, you know, he does this out of love, but it goes back to, I think it's Hebrews, where it says, you, you know, that's how you know you're a son if you're corrected. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's not all, you know, pats on the back and pats on the head and love you. And that's all part of it, of course. But he says, you know you're a son when you're corrected. And I think that goes a lot to do with, you know, how do, you re- how do we respond when we are corrected? And, you know, that goes back to what Pastor Rob said. You have a lot, a lot of instructors out there that can teach you. The spiritual fathers will correct you. And I love the scripture. It gives a place for the instructor. And back then, those instructors were people that did life with the, with the yeah. sons. Yeah. Um, but he says, listen, there's a higher accountability level um, that comes with a father. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I believe that, that the Lord is taking the church through the process of learning how to be good kids yes. in this hour. And, uh, and what we're seeing is uh, the availability to choose to be corrected. Yes. Um, and what are we going to do with that? And I think that's the separation of the sheep and goats. But um, one, of the, one of the things that, that I see in you is that um, you've received the correction well. Um, you've stood, stood in those tough situations, as most of us have, that, that are in leadership. Um, and you've withstood the winds. But then you've fathered families. And that's a big deal. And so what I see in the next season of the church as a whole is that we're going to see fathers who have been corrected who know how to become fathers of fathers and not fathers of sons yes and so uh so man i really thank you for taking a moment and being up here it um we have these conversations over food (laughs) but uh sometimes it's good just to bring them in front of the people and so thank you so much for coming would you give him a hand love you too thank you and uh Pastor Mike, would you come up here? I wish that we could record all the things that go on in the prayer room in the mornings because uh, you, you probably could have brought your Bible, but I'll give you mine because you're going to come up with some stuff. And if you don't know uh, Mike, Mike is uh, an awesome pastor who, um, who can hear a conversation and hear the Lord at the same time while you're talking and then just pull out scripture and and reveal it to you. Um, I wanted to ask you about fatherhood because you had a, an interesting childhood and then now you're your father, grandfather, um, father to sons in the room. And, and I guess uh, what is the key that you see to fatherhood? You can tell a story if you want. Well, that's interesting. Um, there's so much to that. Um, I was not raised by my father. I was not raised by my mother. And uh, when that happens in your life, for whatever reason, it hurts. There is an emptiness in your life uh, through that. And uh, I had to learn that even though I didn't have my, uh, my biological father, he was in my life, in and out a lot, uh, but it, I was not raised by him. And um, you asked Pastor Sean something about a defining moment that changed things. I'll never forget this. I was, and, and I've shared this here before, but it's so real to me. Uh, I was 58 years old or something, and it was on a, a Monday night. It was May 22nd, 2017, and I was sitting back there, and I, I came to the church to pray. And we had just went through Mother's Day, and we celebrated Mother's Day. And I only met my mother three times in my whole life. And I just love and cherish those, those three times. But I wasn't raised by my mother. And I was, I was just, I wasn't speaking out loud, but I was saying in my heart, Lord, why wasn't I raised by my mother? What would have it been like if I had been raised by my mother and my father? And then, of course, because it was on May 22nd that that occurred, I started thinking, in about two or three weeks, we're going to celebrate Father's Day. And I never really got to know my father. Never had time to spend with him. And I said, Lord, why did I not, why did I not have time with my father and my mother like most people do? And I was just, I was upset about that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in, in a way that night 
that Monday night that he just said to me, I kept you safe. That's all he said to me. And that resonated to me like, okay, I don't know exactly all that means, but I know you had good for me. I know my heavenly father had good for me and he was protecting me from what I, I don't know. But that eased my, my, my soul, that eased my, uh, my situation between my mother and father. I always respected my mother and father. Interesting, um, I was like 45 years old, never met my mother before. I got a birthday card from my mother. Here, here I had a half-sister who was a deputy sheriff in Lucas County, Ohio, which is Toledo area, and she looked up my birth date and my name, and she found out where I live. So my mother sent me a birthday card on my, my 45th birthday, and it said something like this. It said, I know I've never been in your life, but here is my address, or here is my phone number if you'd like to contact me. If not, I understand. I could not wait to meet my mother. I, I so wanted to know who my mother was. And I think that's something we long for, to know our mother, to know our father. And I think inside of us spiritually, our, our spirit and our soul longs to know our heavenly father. There, and if you don't know that, there's, there is a void there not only spiritually, but uh, biologically as well. And just, and, and Pastor Sean, you, you, you said it exactly. Everyone wants to hear from their father. I love you. I'm proud of you. I care about you. That's what we long for. We long for that. And that's so important in our lives. And I think because I didn't have that, I learned to give that. Because I realized how important it was and I realized it's because I didn't have that, I want to make sure I give that, not only to my children, but other people's children as well. So one of the things that you described was an orphan. You could have slipped into an orphan mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and spiritually, many people, because they don't know their father, mm -hmm. they don't know their father, um, they don't know their brother, <laughs> and so um, they... They live life in an orphan mindset. And you said because of what you saw that you needed, mm -hmm. you then provided that, and that brought you out of an orphan mindset. One of the things I know about orphans is they go and go and go because more is never enough. Mm -hmm. Because there's fear in being an orphan. There's fear in, and uh, lack in, in an orphan mindset. Um, how would you describe the difference between... Uh, what you came from and what you provide now to your grandchildren. Oh, boy, that, that is, a, it is a challenge, but it's a thrill. Um, I'll just put it that way. I so want them to know love. I so want them to know what I didn't have. And um, it's so rewarding. It's a challenge, but it's so rewarding. Um, just to give you a little example with our, our grand grandchildren, I, I don't remember... I was raised by my grandparents. I knew they loved me dearly. I know that. But I never really heard them say, I love you. Never heard that. I don't know if that was that generation. Uh, but I do know they did love me. I do know that. But I never heard that. So I wasn't going to allow that to happen to our children or our grandchildren. Made sure of that because I wanted them to know, I do love you. Cheryl and I, today, we say to all four of our kids, we love you. We say to our grandkids, we love you. Um, our older grand grandchildren are involved in, in, in uh, both high school and college sports. And when they're around their friends, when they leave, they always say to us, I love you, in front of their friends. And I really believe by the looks you get from those other kids, they're saying, I wish I had that. Mm. I wish I had that relationship. And you know, one thing I, I learned uh, boy, you, you never stop learning, ever. But I always think about the Heavenly Father and how much love. And Jesus said, I want you to be perfect as your Heavenly, be, be perfect even as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that's something that I, I, I can't obtain at, at this level in my life because I fail. I make mistakes. But I learned through that that that's part of His love. I forgive you. I accept you. I understand uh, 
and it's and, and, and I, I conveyed that to our children. When you make a mistake, I still love you. I still care about you. I'm still proud of you. Now we, we need to make sure whatever it was you did, you don't do again. But I accept you. It's okay. Um, the, the world would say, oh, push, push you away and say, you've messed up for the last time, you're done. No. And um, I remember uh, other people saying, well, when I did something wrong, my dad would call me stupid or call me vulgar names. Never did that to our children. I never wanted them to even think that we thought that way. And, and if you ever did or you ever heard that, there's forgiveness for that. And that's, that's, that's what's so great about our, our Heavenly Father. You can mess up as a parent. And boy, I'm probably at the top of the list. I've made my mistake as a parent. But when you go to your kids and say, you know what, I messed up there. The, the forgiveness they show you is amazing. It's the same forgiveness you receive from your Heavenly Father. Because they know you love you. Because they know you love them. Yeah, and uh, many of you in the room, maybe you haven't had a, a great experience with your dad. Uh, or maybe you have. But uh, there's mistakes that we all make as fathers. And, uh, and one of the things that came out in that family meeting was that um, one of the people in the meeting was sort of holding a lot against uh, a parent because of words that were spoken over them. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit led us down a path of um, your parents did the best they could with what they knew when they knew it. And, uh, and that may not have been good enough for you as you're sitting here today, but it should be. And we have, to, we have to understand they did the best they could, and we have to release them from that. Because if we don't, then we're keeping one of those buckets of love uh, that no one can ever fill because, because we're holding that against our parents. And so, um, so we pray for freedom and all that and exactly what you said. One of the things that you hit on was that our father is attentive. You, you talked about knowing what our children need. Our father is attentive, and he expresses love to us. And Matthew 3.16 um, says, when he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The heart of the Father is to express love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even if we haven't received it, as you said, you received it, but not from your Father, we can tap into that love that's expressed, that was expressed over Jesus. And we can then reveal that to our families and we can reveal that to those who we love. Yeah, one thing I I would like to share, um, 31 years ago, Cheryl and I were were married. She had two boys and I had a a son and a daughter and we all moved in together. If you've ever, and and I know some of your lives, if you come from a blended family, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. Um, one of the things you learn is, because um, I, I thought whenever uh, Cheryl and I were married, her, her, her sons were a little older than my children, but it's like, I know I can't be their father because I'm not their father, so how do I do that without messing up, without making them envious, or not envious, uh, bitter or uh, negative toward me? And I really believe the Lord helped me with this because I realize that a lot of times in life, what you say means something, because I believe when you speak the word of God, it does not return void. It will do that which it was set out to accomplish. But I believe kids specifically watch what you do more than what you say. So I decided to live my life in a way that I would be an example to them more than a verbal father in a way because you could just sense don't tell me what to do. You're not my dad. They didn't say that, but you, you could sense that. So I realized that being an example, so I tried to be an example, uh, not only to my kids, but to Cheryl's uh, children, that I'll, I'll treat my God with respect. I won't say I'm a believer and then curse that God. I will treat God with respect. And I will treat my wife, their mother, with respect. And they see that. And I will treat other people, whether they're living under a bridge or whether they're the mayor of the city, I will treat them with respect, all people. And they notice that. They pick up on that. And they see that you care. And when they see that you care, they begin to trust you. And they begin to believe in you. And they don't resent you for being their 
the world calls it stepfather. That's never been used in our home or stepmother. It's, it's you're part of their life and they know when you care about them and you treat them with respect that you receive that in return. And it's amazing how faithful God is in that. Uh, it, just, just an example. Last week, I had the privilege of speaking here. You did an amazing job. Well, thank you. And I, 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 do, uh, I do believe that's a privilege to speak over God's people, my brothers and sisters. That's a privilege. But when we went home, Cheryl said, did you count how many people were here from our family? And I said, no. She said, 20. That means my two children were here and their spouses. Cheryl's two children were here, their spouses. All of our grandchildren were here. Our middle son's ex-wife and husband were here. Our granddaughter's boyfriend, who attends another church, was here. All because when you treat people with respect and show them value, they show it in return. And to me, that, that was like putting my quiver full. When I saw my family respect me and respect my God, and boy, that meant a lot to me. Without saying anything, they spoke volumes to me because I've honored them, I've respected them, I've treated them the way you should treat anybody. They showed that last week in return, and boy, that appreciate, I really appreciate that. One thing you said about in the lives of your grand-grandchildren, and I could brag on all of them, <laughs> I really could, and uh, to just to two real quick ones. Last week, we were practicing for the play the kids did, and they did great. But my two granddaughters, who don't go to church here, um, were downstairs, and we included them. And uh, Ava was not here yet. And Stella said to me, she raises her hand and said, Grandpa, are we going to start without my cousin? <laughs> so she so cared about her cousin being here, she knew she was coming, that we got to wait for her. I said, you know what? We'll include her, but we have to go ahead and start. So just the heart of caring about somebody else and not just me. Our grandson, Brandon, who's our oldest grandson, spent a lot of his life at our house. So we got to know him very well. And one thing I've always done, out of respect to my wife, uh, I've always opened a car door for her. And when Brandon was a little boy, he picked up on that and said, I'll open the door for Grandma. And he started opening the door for Grandma. Now, last year for the prom, it was down at Warther's, no, I'm sorry, it was down at, um, yeah, Warther's Museum. And there was a, probably 50 kids there with their dates, and they were taking pictures. And I watched. And as Brandon left, and most of the kids kind of left at the same time to go eat. And I watched Brandon, and I watched other kids. I saw one other boy open a car door for his date, and I watched Brandon opened the car door for his date. This year, uh, we took pictures at uh, uh, the Rees Museum, and I watched. When they were done taking pictures and leaving, leaving, Brandon opens the car door for his date. So it does me good in my heart to know that the examples you set, even though you don't always see them, there's fruit there from that. And that's because of the faithfulness of God. When you're faithful to him, he will be faithful to you. And we want to honor you for your faithfulness to this house and uh, the, the words that you've spoken to each of us in the room. Um, and uh, we see that in your family as you've described, but we can look around the room and see it in here. And we want to say thank you for that. And uh, thank you again for last week. Amazing to get the kids in here and to uh, the word that you spoke really is a, a testament to where we're going as a family. And so thank you for that. You're welcome. Awesome. Would you give me a hand? Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. I was speaking with, uh, I was speaking with someone this week uh, who made this statement, and I want to close with this, that as they look at Father God, and as you've heard the aspects that each of these men have seen in the Father, as they look at Father God, there was some shame that was on them some reasons why they weren't going to climb up in Father God's lap and go there for comfort. And I heard this statement uh, a while back that said that if the enemy can't stop you from where you're going, he'll go behind you and push you. So you miss what you're supposed to be doing. And I think that a lot of us 
as sons and daughters of a father who always loves us. He will never let go of us. Miss the attributes of the father because of something of shame or guilt in our past that we believe and religion might have told you that father's angry at you. And I want to release you this morning. Would you stand? I just want to release you that the father in scripture that we read about who is angry, who was frustrated, who slayed many, many people is not the same father that loves you this morning. You see that he's the same person, but that anger was poured out on one man on the cross. And so would you just rest with me for a moment as they play and maybe they're going to sing something, but I just feel like there's a, there's something that has to break in the room this morning. And we saw some, we, we heard some amazing things, but I feel like there's something that needs to break in the room. So would you just get into an attitude of worship this morning? Maybe there was, there was anger in your home. Maybe there was frustration in your, in your life growing up. Maybe there's something that you've done in your adult life that, that you feel, the, that, you feel that, that God is wrathful towards you. And I just want to say that the scriptures tell us that God poured out all of his wrath on Jesus and Jesus said it's finished. It's finished. And so if you're carrying around anything this morning that would say that the father's upset with you or frustrated with you or won't show up when you want to show up and meet with him, that's just lies of the enemy. And he's just pushing you past those moments with the Father that will change you forever. And so I just want you this morning as they sing one verse of this song, I just want you to just pour out your heart to the Lord, the Father that loves you. And and maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need something broken off of you this morning. But I believe that everyone can walk out of here today knowing the Father that poured out his wrath on his son so that he's not pouring out his wrath on you. So as they sing, would you just make an altar where you are? If you need prayer, come forward. But I, I ask for freedom in this house this morning. Father, bring freedom to every heart and every soul. Me Take what I have. Change who I am. Cause I belong to you. You know the enemy can. Take what I have. Change who I am. Cause I belong to you. I belong to you. Sing this with her. I belong to you. I belong to you. And no one can take from me my destiny. Cause I belong to you. Father, today speak in this house a freedom a freedom to be fathers a freedom to father the next generation a freedom from our past and a freedom to launch into the future father I ask that you would bless these people to be fathers of fathers and mothers of mothers And that we would see a generation rise 
without shame and guilt that shows honor and respect for those generations before and honor and respect for the generations to come because that's what you did and that's who you are. So Father, today we surrender to you any part of our lives that doesn't reflect who you want us to be. We lay it at your feet. Come and change us, transform us into the image of your son that we may be the fathers and mothers the children that you've called us to be, and that we would love those around us with a love that never lets go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a powerful Father's Day morning. Um, A few announcements. So one being that if you are a father, I will meet you in the hallway. We have a gift for you to celebrate you this morning. A few other things. Tomorrow night is our pickleball night our men's and women men's and women's ministries pickleball night and that is a covered dish get together so come bring a dish bring a friend 16 years and older but don't fret if you don't want to learn pickleball i have been informed that there's pom-poms for you to cheer on everyone else who's doing it so (laughs) if you are over the age of 16 we'd love to have you join us at Dice Hill Park in Dover. So um, there's that. And then this Thursday at noon is Senior Life. So if you are in that age bracket, we would love to have you join us in the Family Life Center at noon on Thursday for time together to play games and to fellowship with other people. Um, One more thing is that this week we're having cleanup at Camp McPherson as Pastor Rob discussed um, a tornado went through there and there's a lot of things happening but the week after is our youth camp so next Sunday we're going to do the same thing that we did last year we're going to get a wristband with someone's name on it we have 16 people from our church going to camp whether that's students or leaders or kitchen help or any of those areas there's 16 total going from our church so we're going to have wristbands with their names on them and next week you're going to get one and you're going to be able to wear that throughout the week and every time you look at it you're going to be able to pray for that person and pray for their encounters with the lord and we just believe that even if you're in the kitchen if you're running the snack shack if you're a leader with students or if you're a student every single person on the property has a really amazing opportunity to meet jesus in a new way and so we're just going to be praying for that um and so it's just going to be a great week. So the offering buckets are in the back. And fathers, I will meet you in the hallway for your gift. Have a blessed week. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.